Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, producer Pete is in studio. We will react to the Red Sox winning Game 4 of the ALDS in the Bronx. And now, the Red Sox advance to the ALCS, where they will face the Houston Astros in a rematch of last year's ALDS. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also go over some NFL. Pete has a shoulda, coulda, woulda for me. A bet that I shoulda made over the weekend. And I have some thoughts on Khabib McGregor. Khabib made Conor McGregor tap in the fourth round on Saturday night in Vegas. And then chaos ensued after that. I have some strong thoughts on that. All of it presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. At DraftKings, you can draft a new team every week with no season-long commitments. And with week six in the NFL beginning tomorrow night on Thursday night, sign up right now for the $1 million play action contest for Sunday's Week 6 slate, $1 million in total prizes, 100000 going to first place. Just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, you can play in this contest on Sunday for free by signing up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code podcast one to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 at betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus. With college football, the NFL, and now Major League Baseball postseason action, this is the perfect time to make your online wages at betonline.ag and take full advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Welcome to the show on this Wednesday, October 10th. If you follow me on Twitter or anywhere on social media, you know I told you there was not going to be a show on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I had to head out of town for a few days. I am back today, though, so we'll have a show today on Wednesday, and then I'll be right back at it tomorrow on Thursday, October 11th, to give you my picks for Week 6 in the NFL. And uh, we'll do some NFL stuff. But first and foremost, there's a lot of stuff going on. Postseason baseball, obviously, and with the Red Sox-Yankees series, the Red Sox beating the Yankees in the ALDS you know, these ALDS series, they can end like that, right? They could be over like that. And the Red Sox win it in four games. Of course, you had some drama. So we'll go over that. But just to welcome in producer Pete today. Pete, what's going on? What's up, Vic? Um, Saturday night, I have not reacted to... People have not heard my reaction. Well, maybe if you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been hashtag Team Khabib here the last couple days. But just to... You know, sometimes you need to clarify. Uh, 140 characters. Oh, what do they do on Twitter now? Is it is it like 280 characters? There's too many characters. There's too, we'll call it too many characters, but not enough. At the same time, not enough characters. You are a character. <laughs> yeah, not enough characters on Twitter for me to to really give you my take and explain my take as to why I am hashtag Team Khabib after Khabib made Conor McGregor tap out. Oh, Pete, let me ask you this. What was your reaction to the fight? And not just the fight, because by now everybody knows. Khabib made McGregor tap in the fourth round, and then Khabib hopped out of the octagon, attacked one of Conor McGregor's trainers. Then uh, people from Khabib's yeah, it was team, they hopped in the octagon, and, and somebody you know, came from behind and sucker punched McGregor. But if you do watch the video, McGregor actually sucker punched somebody on Khabib's team first. The guy who was about to hop over the cage, McGregor gets up and kind of gives him a little shot. So chaos ensued. And then Dana White afterwards was talking about how it was such a bad look for UFC, you know, uh, 
the Nevada Commission, they get involved. They're not going to give Khabib the belt. Whatever. They ended up giving Khabib the belt. Are they going to pay him for the fight? They should pay him for the fight. Because at the end of the day, it this was great for UFC. It was great for UFC. But Pete, what... As you're watching it play out and you're watching chaos ensue. Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think that that was set up? You're, 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 uh, you know. A conspiracy you're theorist. You're a big time conspiracy theorist. You and you know, I feel like Dana White, I've expressed this many times. I feel like Dana White and Vince McMahon are in cahoots. I think there are so many, there's so much evidence for that. But, you know, I go back to McGregor throwing the little two-wheeler through the bus window. Did you think that was real? I mean, I think he actually threw it, obviously, and the window <laughs> broke, and somebody might have had some piece of glass shatter and hit them, and, you know, but I, I think that Dana White and Conor McGregor had planned this. I, I think that, I, I think they understood what type of publicity and promotion, and I wouldn't be shocked even if Khabib knew that something like this was going to happen as McGregor charged the bus. Maybe McGregor took it a step too far, but I do think there were talks they said, let's try to pump up this fight. You know, let's, from uh, in a promotional way, let's try to do everything we can and, and let's take a page out of Vince McMahon's book. Like, I think they actually had that discussion. Do I think Khabib and McGregor actually hate each other? Yeah, I do. Because I think that McGregor says so much shit that crosses the line leading up to these fights. And I know you could say, well, that's what he does. You know, that's why McGregor's the best. That's why people, you know, that's why they, they pay for his fights. That, that's why. And I get it. And, and you're right. But, but he does cross the line. And I think someone like Khabib, you know, bound, somebody's bound to take that, you know, to take that personal. And, and then when they were actually able to beat McGregor on top of it, you know, when he does cross the line, the fight's not over. It's not over, and, and that fight is mine, right? And uh, especially when McGregor's trainers were probably saying crazy shit. So when it comes to conspiracy theories, do I, do I think some of the stuff leading up to the fight was, I don't know, scripted to a point where they wanted to, you know, from a promotional aspect, they, they, they wanted to really make this an, uh, maybe a more interesting fight to some people who don't really know who Khabib is? Yeah, I, I think they did want to do that. Uh, but after the fight, no, I thought that was I thought that was real. I, I did too. But I had a lot of people asking me the same question, so I figured I would ask you. I believe the whole thing was real. I believe that from from the beginning, from the the dolly getting thrown through the bus. I think that was real. I think obviously, like you said, Dana White, WWE. I think they're in cahoots. So I think they learn from each other in terms of hyping up fights. But I think that at the end of that fight was. Was captivating. I mean, I, I thought had, it was real. I, I thought I, the I, end yeah. of the fight, the post-fight yeah. chaos was real. I, I watched thought. that with a group of people. Uh, some people who generally don't watch MMA. They don't watch the UFC. Yeah. And they were enthralled. They wanted to know when the next fight was going to be. They wanted to watch the next one. So that's what that's what they got out of that, right? That's what, the, that's what they got. They got new fans out of that. They wanted to see more. They wanted to see what was going to happen next if they were going to fight again. And that's what had some people thinking this was This was staged. set up, exactly. And that's what I had two friends, one, my well, my, my wife specifically, and then two other friends were like, this is all set up. This is all set up. This is fake. This is fake. And I mean, that's what they wanted, right? They wanted people to get, to start talking about it. And I don't think that they set it up to the sense where, you know, they could have planned that. I think Khabib was the wrong guy to be caught in one of those trash-talking style And it wasn't just trash-talk, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I they went after his religion. Exactly. I, you know, McGregor. You know, and it wasn't just McGregor. It was probably his, his trainers, too. Don't yeah. tell me. See, here, so here's the problem I have with the, with the whole thing. And, and, and maybe I'm giving social media too much credit. I, I, don't, I don't think we can take social media comments and believe that that's the majority opinion. I just don't think we can do it. Because you want to talk about conspiracy theories? You know my Twitter conspiracy theory is that there's really only like 20,000 people on Twitter. But but there's but probably 15,000 of those people have many accounts. That's that's how I feel. But you look at Twitter and 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 really just social media in general and a lot of people were like were just upset that Khabib would do this. Like, they were up in arms. Like, they couldn't believe it. Oh, it's such a bad look. And let me actually be, you know, full disclosure here. As Khabib 
jumps out of the octagon, I go, oh no, what are you doing? Don't do this. <laughs> right? You're like, don't do this. This is bad. This is not good. Chaos ensued. And you, your initial reaction is, this is not good for the sport. That's initial reaction. Initial. Just in a vacuum, right? That is not good. In a vacuum, you don't want to see that. If You don't. But you have to eventually get into the specifics. And the specifics are, in my opinion, and, and again, more disclose, full disclosure, I do not root for Conor McGregor. Did I bet on Conor McGregor? Yeah. Because I told you how I was going to go into this bet. He was the dog. He was the underdog. And if he ended up knocking Khabib out in the first round and I took Khabib, I would regret that bet the next day. Like, you wouldn't be able to even imagine. But if I bet, you know, if I bet McGregor and he wins, I mean, you're going, okay. I mean, we all kind of had a feeling like that was that was going to happen. So so I didn't want to regret, the, I just didn't want to regret that bet. Like, I didn't want to take Khabib, see him get knocked out and go, I knew that was going to happen. You, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, McGregor was the dog. I I bet McGregor, but I've never been happier to lose a bet in my life. Honestly, like I, I in the second round, as Khabib had McGregor down, I don't even know how McGregor kept fighting after this, but he was pummeling McGregor. I thought they were going to stop the fight. The only reason they didn't is because, one, it's McGregor. Two, I think that McGregor did do enough self-defense, kept his hands mm-hmm. up, and threw a couple shots in between. You know, if you're going to throw a shot every once in a while, I think they keep it going. While you're on, Even if you're on your back and you're getting pummeled. But Khabib was pummeling him. Now, I also think that all the energy Khabib used in that second round, pummeling McGregor, I think it affected him. It, it affected Khabib. Because in the third round, they were mostly upright, I believe. And I remember yelling at the TV going, take him down. You just had him the first two rounds. Take him down again. And he just didn't have the energy to do it. And then in the fourth, obviously, they get against the cage. I think McGregor's toast at this point, and he chokes him out, and he gets behind him, you know, gets a sleep hold on, the million-dollar dream, whatever you want to call it, and uh, McGregor tapped. He tapped, and that was it. And and so, full disclosure, like, I was rooting for that. Like, I, even though I bet McGregor, I found myself... It's like you paid money to see Khabib win. It, right? it's, I mean, I, I found myself... Even though I bet McGregor, I found myself rooting against my bet. That's how much I dislike the Conor McGregor's whole act. I just, I hate it. I get it. That's why he is where he is. I get it. In a way, he's a genius. And he's a, what, a, is he a, a billionaire? I don't even know how much money. But the money's going to keep rolling in as long as he keeps talking. It, it, you know, his mouth is why he has the money. He does put his, put his money where his mouth is. And he's been a great fighter. But because he runs his mouth so much, because he crosses the line, I always root for somebody to make him look stupid. And Khabib made him look stupid. Right? He Khabib just dominated him. Pummeled him. The whole fight. McGregor didn't have a shot in this fight. And like you said, the only real threat that there was was during that third round. That when... When Khabib, they were, but, was, Khabib was actually tired. But McGregor was dead, too. And McGregor so was, his was kicks just weren't too, doing yeah, anything. He was just too tired to land a good a good punch. But in, when I was watching it, I said to myself, this is the only round that he's going to have a chance because Khabib was all over him, man. He was all over him. He was just sh- showcasing his wrestling skills right from the get-go. And and in, and he even landed some big, huge... Well, the, how about the, 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 the second punch round. in the second round? I thought he knocked him out right yeah, there. That's He was... McGregor just got pummeled. And I was loving every second of it and I thought he Khabib made McGregor look like a fool and then you know here's my problem though on social media everybody is I think I feel like a lot of people were team McGregor where they were like oh such a bad look for UFC and they were saying it even the day after see the day after you sleep on it I'm thinking about it I go well wait a minute Conor McGregor what he's (laughs) I mean was it too long ago? He was running in the octagon going after a ref after a fight that wasn't even his. Let's not forget, after his fight against Chad Mendez, he jumped into the stands and called out Jose Aldo. I, like, what? Yeah. Let's and not forget you, who did it. Ready? I posted that on Instagram, that gif or that gif. Is it a gif? Is who it a gif? It? A meme? A meme? Who gives a fuck? I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> we do this all the time, but we're never going to get a correct answer. So we'll just move on. I posted the gift of McGregor. That was at the TD Garden here in Boston. Yes. Going after Aldo. Nothing. No punches were thrown, right? People were coming at me on Twitter going, oh, you know, McGregor didn't hit him or anything. I said, well, wait a minute. Go back to Khabib Saturday night. He hops out of the octagon. Obviously, somebody said something to him that, come on, let's not be stupid. The guy that Khabib went after, you mean to tell me that that trainer of McGregor's didn't say something that crossed the line? You mean to tell me Khabib went out there unprovoked? Come on, give me a break. Don't be stupid. He said something stupid that probably crossed the line that me, you, and anybody else that you know in Khabib's position would have done the same thing, especially given the stuff that was being said about him leading up to the fight, right? Come on now. It, like, at some point, somebody was going to snap on these guys, and at some point, someone was going to snap after beating McGregor, knowing that this isn't it because you did say too much and you're still talking shit. You're still talking? You're still crossing the line? I just made your boy tap. I smashed your boy. And I did what I said I was going to do. I smashed him. He looks like a fool. He's now lost three of his last total fights, and you still want to say shit to me that crosses the line? Fuck you, I'm hopping this gate. I'm hopping this octagon. He did it. People were coming at me, so I posted the gif of McGregor doing it a couple years ago, going after Aldo, which was kind of what... The, the beginning stages of McGregor's fame mm-hmm. when he did that. And people were like, well, McGregor didn't throw a punch. I said, well, go to Saturday night. Khabib jumps out of the octagon. And Pete, this is a general question because I don't have the answer to it. I don't. Did Khabib throw the first punch when he jumps out of the octagon? I wouldn't say it was a punch. He literally jumped in with a flying kick. Have you watched the I, I've watched the I, clip from like the side angle? I've watched a million videos. <laughs> I, it's too like far away and too blurry for me to know when he jumps out exactly. No, there's one that's up close of him literally running into the crowd with a flying foot stomp trying to kick. I think it was the guy Dylan Dennis in yeah. the head. Like that's that's what start that's what he started with. That's what he led with. But he but he, here's my thing. That kid was look that kid was ready to was ready to come at him, was ready to fight, right? He wasn't, like, running away from it. They, McGregor's camp wasn't running away from this. So, so Aldo didn't want any, any piece of McGregor when McGregor jumped the octagon, right? He was in a suit. He was with his family. He was just watching. He really, uh, you know, I, obviously he was about to— I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't do anything. Because McGregor was, like, getting in his face. His family's around. Like, you might think a guy might snap. But let's say he did. that's the case, Wait, yeah. let's say he pushed McGregor. Yeah. If McGregor wasn't going to throw a punch or no. try to go after him? Yeah. So that's my thing. People say, well, oh, I didn't— it's like, well, yeah, there wasn't a fight because Aldo didn't... I mean, let's be, let's be honest here. If Aldo wanted to do anything, then there would have been a fight. There would have been a brawl. Then what would have... You, you know what people would have been saying then? They still would have said, oh, McGregor's a madman. He's a wild man. He's nuts. We love him. So McGregor can do all this stuff. A couple months ago, he jumps into the octagon, a fight that's not even his. He's going after a ref. Oh, every time McGregor does something, every time he says something, every time that McGregor... Causes chaos with his mouth or with his actions. He's a wild man. He's a nut and we love him for it. Khabib makes the wild man tap. Okay? And then he decides he's going to do try to do a little more damage to this group that keeps talking shit and crossing the line. And, and, he, and all of a sudden, it's a bad look for UFC. McGregor can do it. All this crazy shit and it's fine. Khabib does it. Oh, that's, oh, what terrible night for UFC. Don't give him the belt. Don't pay him. He's a scumbag. Really? Really? Khabib's the scumbag? Come on. Come on. I just find it funny that the one time McGregor is on the other side of the chaos, it's all of a sudden a bad look for the UFC, and the other guy causing the chaos is a scumbag. That's a Pete, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke, okay? McGregor, in my opinion, and his team, they kind of got what was coming to them. Like, they finally got what was coming to them. The only reason why nobody else did this before is because nobody could. Now, Diaz Diaz beat him, right? I think there was a little bit more respect, though, for those two. Those two had a little bit more respect for each other. It did seem that way. Like, after that fight, remember? They kind of hugged in the middle. Like, I think there was, yeah, McGregor obviously was running his mouth there too, but 
Um, you know, I think Diaz knew that he was in a fight that he probably shouldn't have even been in. Right. Like, he was a guy who had 10 losses, I think, or something at the time. I said at the time of that Diaz-McGregor fight that, like, I don't even know why they're letting McGregor fight Diaz. What's the reward in this? This To me, there was more risk than there was reward. Now, they fought again, and McGregor won. Some say, well, hey, you know what? It could have gone either way. I, I, I just... When we look at all the guys that McGregor's, you know, I'm sure Aldo would have loved to hop the gate, but guess what? He got knocked out like 20 seconds in, you know? (laughs) Uh, These guys that that McGregor crosses the line with all the time, they can't go out and do that shit. You know, they can't can't say, well, I'm going to make you guys pay. You know why? Because they lose. But Khabib literally smashed McGregor, and I... Yeah, did he lose his mind a little bit? Yeah. But do I blame him, given the specific circumstances and who he actually went after? No, I don't, because they had what was coming to them. And if you ask me, they didn't even get what should have came to them. All the all, all the stuff that comes out of their mouth. So, I'm Team Khabib in this one. Now, in a vacuum, I get it. You don't want guys jumping out of the octagon after fights. You know what I mean? Like... If the next UFC event, in the main event, the winner jumps the gate and attacks the other team's trainers, then we got a problem. But I'm not going to look at it in a vacuum. I'm looking at it in specific situations with this guy in Conor McGregor, who just has no filter, doesn't give a flying fuck about anything, and you're tra- he causes so much chaos... And the one time that he's on the other side of the chaos and they actually get what's coming to them a little bit, all of a sudden the other guy's a scumbag and it's a bad look for the sport? Shut the fuck up. Shut up. You mean to tell me that's the first? Now that might be, you know, you don't see it all the time, obviously. But you mean to tell me that, Pete, is that the first fight after the fight? Whether it's with trainers or guys on each other's side, is that the first time? That sport, MMA, has seen a fight after the fight. That's Please. all they know. That's Please. all they know. I know. Not Why in MMA. Not in boxing. Just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Really? Oh, Khabib, scumbag. Ah, oh, the fight after the fight. There's a fight after the fight more than you even fucking know. So, I, you know, I, I don't. The question now, to me, the question isn't how do you discipline Khabib? Give him his belt. Give him his money. The question is, what do you do with McGregor? Pete, what do you do with Conor McGregor? He has lost three of his last fights in general. I'm I'm factoring in the Mayweather loss. Okay? Yes. You lose to Diaz. Then you beat Diaz. Uh, Then you beat Alvarez. Then you lose to Mayweather. Now you lose to Khabib. They're a rematch? McGregor's talking about a rematch. If I'm Khabib... (laughs) <laughs> well, if I'm Khabib, I'm going, this guy doesn't get a rematch. Why does he get a rematch? Why does why does this guy get a rematch? What about what about Tony Ferguson? He held the interim lightweight title for a little bit. Ferguson won his fight before, called out McGregor. He said, if Khabib doesn't smash you, I will. But guess what? <laughs> Khabib smashed him. Does Tony Ferguson get a shot? Guess who wants a shot? And guess who has, I mean, guess who, I don't know. Guess who has a, a good reason for a shot? Nate Diaz. He he wants Khabib. Does he have an argument? I think he does. Because when you look at the only two guys in UFC under the spotlight here that have beaten McGregor, who are they? Khabib and Diaz. Would you get, who would you, what would you do, Pete? Like, if you're Dana White, where are you going with this? Are you just going for the rematch because you know the controversy that that's going to bring? I think the only answer is the rematch for, for McGregor right now. I think that's the only thing that's going to keep him in the spotlight specifically. If you drop him down and fight him versus Ferguson, it kind of loses a little bit of that aura. It's not a title fight. It's We want to see Khabib, we want to see Khabib fight as well, right? We want to see him go again. We, I think he's the most dominant fighter out there right now, and he, I think he proved it against McGregor last night. He's uh, what is he like twenty six and zero or something crazy like that? Hasn't hasn't Khabib? lost yet. Yeah, twenty seven and zero. Twenty seven zero has hasn't lost yet. I think you have to go to that rematch, uh, especially for McGregor. For McGregor's sake, he's 
He's the golden boy. He's Dana White's golden boy, right? They got to keep him in the limelight. He just signed that new six six fight deal, right? So he's got six fights that he has to get through. Oh, he's going to fight this. in UFC again before he goes back to boxing. Eventually, he's got look. Eventually, McGregor's going WWE as he's prancing around that octagon before the fight, <laughs> where you know the smoke coming up. I mean, does he not have WWE? He's an entertainer, superstar yeah, all he's over an entertainer. him. Oh, he's. I mean, he's and and I know I was knocking him for the trash talk, but I mean, that's a real thing. Like he he crosses the line, but I'm also acknowledging that that's his. You know, that's he's an entertainer. He's the best at that, and I get it. But if you here's what I'd do if I'm Dana White, you got to get McGregor a win. Next, okay, you got to get him a win, Pete. And, and I know they don't want to say that publicly, but. I think you got to set up a rematch for Khabib McGregor by letting them both fight someone else. Giving them both the win in their next fight. Khabib, you think he could beat Diaz? Yeah, I think he could. I think you give Diaz a shot. Khabib beats him. Then McGregor, I think you find, a, I think you find him a dance partner that you know McGregor's going to win that fight. They both win. And worst case scenario, McGregor wins. Diaz beats Khabib and you have Diaz McGregor for the title. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the way you set it up. But you you gotta get... What if McGregor fights Khabib again? He loses again. I know. What do you do? Like, at some point... That's a crazy scenario. Because at some point, the, the talking doesn't mean much if you keep losing, right? Right. So, I think you gotta get McGregor a win. Again, you don't acknowledge that mindset publicly, but you... What do you, Ferguson? Does he stand a shot with with McGregor? At this point in time, I don't know. Is Ferguson bigger than McGregor? I think he might be taller now. Taller than him, right? Remember, McGregor's always been fighting up. Now he's fighting up in that upper. Yeah, he was because he was featherweight. Yep. So you're not gonna. Is he gonna drop down to featherweight for a fight? I don't think he would do that. I well, don't, but I don't he's think got. He would do that. You know why? But you know, here's their out there. I think that's like. Him. Wait a minute. He, that would be him like throwing in the towel. There. No, like, oh, I can't. No, do it's it. not. You know why? And I'm, I'm just thinking of this out loud. Tell here's me the, why. Here's their out. He's got both belts. He brought both belts to the press conference with Khabib, right? The lightweight and the featherweight. Those are the two belts he's got. Now, yeah. technically, he's not the champ because when he went to boxing and he left the MMA for two years, they stripped him of him. But he still has them physically. So there's a reason why he's got that other one. He technically he's still that the featherweight champ, is he not? In his mind, he might say, "I'm going to go defend this." Like he could do that, and that gets him his win. And then he's the ri- then he moves up, that's, back up. Well, that's that might be the out. That might be the way to get him his win. Max Holloway, current champion, they they fought before. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a very very close fight. That was a very close fight. So I don't think that's an easy win for him. Sure, I, I really but don't. it's easier than Khabib. Uh, well, yes, I, I absolutely. I, I'm just trying to. Yes. I'm trying to think like. You're like, trying to get him you, a win. You're trying to get him a win, but you're also not gonna put him against some schmuck, right? Like you're not gonna like the the guy, the <laughs> fifth ranked guy in the featherweight <laughs> class. Like you're not doing that. He's like, not gonna you, be uh, the third fight of the night. He needs. <laughs> it needs to be a main event <laughs> yeah. fight. But you got to give him the best chance to win. I, I would. I, and I, and their mentality. Obviously, McGregor is not thinking this way. But Dana White. You know, he's a businessman. He's got to think this way. Is it good? We could talk about what's good for the sport, what's bad for the sport. Is it good for the sport if McGregor fights Khabib again next fight and loses and get and taps out in the first round or gets knocked out in the second round? You no, know how but bad, I think at you that know how point, bad of a look that know, is? No, but at, at that point, I think, is when he could drop down to featherweight. At that point. After that. After that. Oh, see, no, because that, that that's a little too humbling for him. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. At least right well, he now. he needs to win. He needs to, I know. He needs to do his now job. He go, now, here's his job. He says, you know what? I lost this belt. I'm in another title fight because I got this other belt. So I have. they can make it sound like that's part of the contract, Pete. You know that? Like Dana White could like step out and say it. the contract was... You have you have this other belt. You have to go defend that, or at least be involved in that title fight. That's that's got to be. I mean, that's what they got to do. Because I don't. I, what happens if McGregor loses his next fight? Is all the magic gone? How much magic is there now? He just looked foolish in a fight against Khabib, and then afterwards, 
All right, first of all, but I also need, hey, I need to clarify this. I'm not condoning the guy who came from behind McGregor and, and sucker punched him. Like, that's a, that's a pussy move. Obviously, whoever did that has no balls. Like, come on. Really? That's what you're going to do? You're going to come from behind him and hit him? Like, please. The guy just tapped out to your boy. Like, I mean, it's, it, it made no sense. That, that part of it made no sense. I'm not condoning that. But, you know, the whole spectacle of it all, McGregor and his camp, they look foolish. I mean, that's the risk that you take with the over-the-top trash talk, is it not? But the over-the-top trash talk worked when they were winning. They're not winning anymore. If you're Dana White, don't you have to find a way to get McGregor to start winning again so that the trash talk and all that entertainment value that comes along with it can actually mean something? Oh, I think you do. I think you have to do do something like that. But, um, and I'm not saying McGregor's going to have that mindset. He's, of course he's not. And you know what? He shouldn't. McGregor should want to go in there and, sma- and try to smash Khabib again. And I guarantee you that's what his mentality's going to be. Because at the end of the day, he is an animal. McGregor is an animal. He is a beast. But he ran into a bigger animal and a bigger beast. And the question is, you going to throw him right back in to that cage with that beast? I don't know about that. That might be a bad... Yeah, eventually you can. At some point, though, you got to get... You got to get McGregor a win. And, uh... It's got to be in the UFC. So we'll see where they go. But if I'm Dana White, maybe maybe there is a featherweight fight. Here's what could happen. What? No, you got <laughs> We got brand new scenarios. What no, is it? We still don't know what's going to happen with Khabib, right? He, yeah. He might get suspended. What if he gets suspended? He's not going to get suspended. What if he does? What if he gets suspended? That opens the door to McGregor possibly fighting somebody okay, else. Okay, so then maybe that's a maybe maybe then they will look at it and go Dana White will say this is a way we get Connor a fight with someone else yes. by suspending Khabib. Maybe that's another out they have. I think they need an out to make sure that McGregor's next fight is not against Khabib. That's what I think they should try to do. If it's a, a Khabib suspension, if that's the reason for the suspension, Pete, I'll be okay with it. <laughs> but if they're just going to suspend him because that's such a bad look, oh, that is bullshit. But you won't know. You won't know the real reasoning. I, maybe we will if we see McGre- who McGregor's next opponent is. If it's we just an absolute the layup. Yeah. All right, yeah, suspend him. Go ahead. And they try and come <laughs> up with this crazy backstory to make it an interesting fight? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's... Hey, it's it's a crazy situation right now, but talk about how it's a bad thing for the sport all you want. I think it's a great thing for the sport. It's great. Got eyes on it. Got eyes on it's the It's great, sport. but what's not great, you want... If McGregor keeps losing, then 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 where are you going? I, that, that's, that, that won't be great for the sport if he keeps losing. Now, maybe if he wins a couple, then fights Khabib, and he loses again, whatever. At some point, McGregor's leaving anyways. Right. Again, right? He's yeah. going back to boxing or he's going to WWE. It's only a matter of time till he's in the WWE. It is. You can see him in the octagon before the fight the other night. I'm thinking to myself, him and Vince McMahon will be best friends. It's, it's only a matter of time till the main event at WrestleMania is Brock Lesnar versus Conor McGregor. Okay? <laughs> it is. Think about that. That's perfect. That's Vince McMahon's dream. I mean, Conor McGregor has already started the trash talk against John Cena a couple of years ago. It was like a press conference. They asked Somebody asked him about WWE. He starts, tra- he starts trash talking John Cena. He's already thinking about that. He is. McGregor's a businessman, too. Uh, he's already thinking about the WWE. The money's got to be right. Vinnie Mac will make sure the money's right for that. But that's what we had to say. I had to get that off my chest because the ridiculous comments about how oh, Khabib's a scumbag. Come on. McGregor's done the McGregor's caused so much chaos that don't you can't look at this thing in general. It's got to be specifically, here's what they were saying, here's who was saying it, here's who keeps saying it, keeps doing stuff. It finally happens to him and his team, and, and what, I'm supposed to be upset with it? No. UFC can't have it happen all the time, but in this specific situation, I was loving every second of it. I was. I was loving every second of it. So uh, we spent a lot of time there on MMA and UFC. And 
I don't necessarily apologize for it because I had to get that off my chest. But um, there's a lot of other stuff going on, so we got to move on to it. Postseason baseball is underway. Not just underway. We're already on to the second round. The ALCS and the NLCS. And here in Boston, we are excited because the Red Sox have beaten the Yankees in the ALDS in four games. They won that game four in the Bronx last night on Tuesday night. And there was some drama late in the game because you had Chris Sale come in for the eighth in relief. And then Craig Kimbrell came out for the ninth. Now, I got to throw this out there. I was okay with it. This isn't hindsight. I was saying it at the time. I said, I'm just fine because Sale, I'm looking for him game one of the ALCS. But also, Craig Kimbrell, he's a closer. Like, this is the spot, you know, we talk about all the time. Well, you're paying this guy to do this, right? You're paying David Price $30 million to start. And it's time that he comes out and does something in the postseason as a starter. Obviously, he couldn't do that against the Yankees. We'll get to David Price in a minute. But the same thing goes for someone like Craig Kimbrell. You're getting paid. You know, you were acquired. The Red Sox gave up a lot to get you to do this right now. In the Bronx, playoffs. Ninth inning, close game, a chance to advance to the ALCS, get the job done. I'm fine with going to Kimbrel. Kimbrel was not great. He made us sweat it out. He ended up getting the job done. Okay? And that's all that matters. Red Sox win the game. Uh, I was not calling for Sale to come back out for the ninth. I wanted Kimbrel out there. And uh, the Red Sox move on. And now they play the Houston Astros in the ALCS, a rematch of last year's ALDS. Game one of the ALCS against Houston will be Saturday night at Fenway. Let's look at the schedule real quick before we go over the rotation because you got to know the schedule anyways with regards to the numbers of days off here that, that you can set up the rotation. And I don't believe any rotations are set, though I have mine. I'll give that in a second. <laughs> uh, game one, Red Sox-Astros, Saturday night at Fenway. Game two, Sunday night, at Fenway. They will have Monday off. Game three in Houston next Tuesday in Houston. Game four next Wednesday in Houston. Game five next Thursday in Houston. Then they will get next Friday, October 19th off. And then game six and seven, if necessary, will be the following Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, October 20th, Sunday, October 21st. So, you don't, with the, This is why I hate the 2-3-2 series. I don't like 2-3-2 series. I never have liked them. Um, we've seen the NBA go away from the 2-3-2 series lately, right, in the playoffs. And I, I like how you get away from that. I, I hate the 2-3-2. I like the 2-2-1-1-1 the way it used to be. And uh, the reason I don't like the 2-3-2 more than anything is that you don't get that extra day off in between games four and five. You don't get that extra travel day off. And what that does is, that makes it more difficult and basically impossible for a major league manager in a seven-game series. It makes it impossible for them to go to their game one starter on short rest in game four. Because in the old 2-2-1-1-1, where you get that extra day off in between games four and game five, if you did roll out your game one starter on short rest in game four, you get the day off after that. Your game two starter is then going in game five on normal rest. On normal rest. So um, you can't do that now because if the two, three, two, you don't get that day off in between games four and five, you roll right into game five, which means your game two starter will then be pitching on short rest. So it kind of, you, you can't pitch the starters on short rest because eventually you won't catch up uh, until you get to game six. So, so that's not the way you want this thing to work. In a perfect world, it's a 2-2-1-1-1 because you would start Chris Sale in games one and then on short rest in game four. And you then go with your game two starter, not, who's not going to be named David Price, in, at least in my rotation, he shouldn't be. You go with your game two starter in game five on normal rest. But that can't happen because it's a 2-3-2. Two, did I confuse you with that? Maybe. <laughs> but if if you really want to dig into that schedule, look into that and follow along, then you'll understand it. Bottom line is this. I don't want David Price 
on the bench at all. <laughs> I don't want him starting a game in this series. Oh my god! And uh, I've never, you know, I thought he had an opportunity to at least be decent, just be decent, and he wasn't in game two against the Yankees. He wasn't. But we know how good he is out of the bullpen. The problem is Eduardo Rodriguez is. Awful. He's like 0-2 in three starts against Houston in his career with an ERA of over nine. He's ter- you, can't, you can't pitch Rodriguez against Houston. So who do you got? You got Sale, you got Porcello, you got Evaldi, and you got Price. Stephen Wright is injured. I would if, if Stephen Wright was eligible for the roster, for the ALCS, if he wasn't injured, I would rather see... This is where I'm at with David Price. I would throw Stephen Wright in a start before Price, and I'd have Price coming out of the pen. Right? That's what I'd be doing. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out like that. And unfortunately, you're going to have to see David Price make a start, and he's probably going to start game two on Sunday night at home. Right? So you're probably going sale game one, Price game two, Evaldi game. Is that the only place Price can pitch? Is that home? Right? Is that the only place you feel halfway decent with him? I I don't feel decent with him anywhere. Now it's just out of the pen. How's Joe Kelly doing? He used to be a starter, right? <laughs> Are you good? Imagine they went with the reliever. Imagine they, and then they have Price just ready to go in the second inning because he feels more comfortable out of the pen. Hey, you know what? I'm against starting a reliever, but if when it comes to Price, I'm open to all options. The A's did it in the wild card game. I know, <laughs> and I'm against it. But in this case, I'm I might change my mind. I don't want Price in the rotation. If there's a way, even if it's just a, something in his own head where he's got to get into the bullpen in the second inning, and, I, I don't know. I think you got to keep. But they're not going to do. Here's the thing. I can throw that all out yeah. all I want. They're not going to do that. No, no, be, no. Be, be, because tell us of what's going to happen. Because of the 2-3-2 two, two, and you don't get that extra day, if it was a 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 I'm going sail in game one, right? I'm going, let's see, I have it. I, I, I wrote it down before here. This is because I don't want to mess this up. Because if I'm gonna put my G, if I'm gonna put my GM and my my manager's cap on, and yeah, I do think the GM has a say. Front office. I interviewed Sam Kennedy last week. I asked him, "Does the front office have a say if you were gonna start a starter on short rest in a game four? He said, "Oh yeah, yeah." It's a conversation they all have. So if I'm gonna put that cap on, both the GM, you know, and the manager, just the front office, you know, and the manager's cap, I have to get it right. So I have it written down here. Here's my rotation. You're a GM at heart. I'm a GM yeah. at heart. But if I'm a GM, I want say as well on, on, on how this thing's going to play out. If I'm the GM and the manager, I'm coming together as one, as the super manager, and I am giving you Sale in game one, I'm giving you Porcello on normal rest Sunday, because he pitched, what, Tuesday? So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Porcello, normal rest in game two. Ivaldi in game three. And then I'm going sale on short rest with Price ready to go early in game four. Price ready out of the pen. That's game four. And game five, I'm saying in a perfect world, if this was a 2-2-1-1-1, I would then roll out with the day off in between games four and five, I'd roll out Porcello on normal rest in game five, and we'd be good to go. We would be good to go. However, you don't get that. So you're not going to go two games in a row with your starter on short rest. So, you, and with Eduardo Rodriguez being terrible against Houston, and with Steven Wright out, I mean, unless you're going to do something crazy like Joe, start Joe Kelly and have Price ready to go out of the pen, uh, you're giving Price game two. That's what you're doing. They're going to go sale. This is, my, this is what I think is going to happen. They're going to go sale, Price, Porcello's going to be ready again for the Price game, right? Out of the pen. And if that happens, you'll then go Evaldi again. And get, I think they're going to handle it the same way. I think this is going to be handled the same exact way. That's what I think is going to happen. I feel uncomfortable giving Price a start. But you know what? That's because of the 2-3-2. Two, two, that's the way this thing, I'm telling you, that that's a big factor. I'm not trying to like, you know... Over-exaggerate that. I think that's real. Not having that day off in between games four and five being a 2-3-2 series, I think that messes with the possible idea that you could 
use your game one starter on short rest in game four because you're not going to use a starter on short rest two games in a row, right? I just don't think that's going to happen. So, I really hope they give the ball to Porcello in game two, though. I really do. I think they got to get the ball back in his hands. He's got that confidence right now. He pitched pitched great last night. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I want that ball back in his hands. Well, hey, Pretty Evaldi. Ricky, baby. <laughs> Nathan, where have you been all my life, Evaldi? Uh, he pumps it in at 97. His last pitch was like 100 miles an hour. I'm all about, you know, I'm all about the miles per hour. Yeah. The velocity in the postseason. And, uh, hey, man, my boy Joe Kelly. People are knocking me for saying you got to go to him. Even though I don't like him, he throws 100. He was good. Right? Um, as long as he throws strikes. Kimbrel last night, I don't know what was going on. He, I think he threw about 30 curveballs. Well, I think Another there, guy who can get, throw 100 miles per hour. There was one pitch that Kimbrel threw shit. right away. Was it bases loaded with Sanchez? Sanchez, a ball inside, he swung and missed on early. Gave Kimbrel some confidence. He needed that swing and miss. Needed a strike, yeah. He needed that swing and miss. And then he painted a couple. Now, obviously, Sanchez, he put one He put one out there. He put one on the monster. Um, <laughs> but it ended up, it did not go to the seats. It did not go into the bleachers. So, you know, look, Kimbrough got out of it. He did it, ultimately he did his job, right? He made a sweat, but he did his job. I, you got, look, we're going to have questions. This is a tough series. I have Houston, I had Houston winning it all again. They're the defending champ. I assume they're throwing Verlander out game one. Uh, you know, the difference this year from last year is it's not a five-game series like it was last year. It's a seven-game series. And also, you get, you now get you now have home field advantage. I mean, how would, how much of an advantage is it where you got to play three in a row in Houston? Another reason I don't like the two-three-two. Yeah. Because if you split at home, then you have to play three straight. Yeah. On the road, I hate that. The two-three-two sucks. They should get rid of it. Oh, they these guys can't travel an extra day. Shut up. How much money are they making? We got the nicest planes going. Is it really traveling when you can you know take a shower on your plane? Now, I'm exaggerating that, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, these guys are flying first. This isn't, what is traveling to these guys? What is it? What is flying? Like, what, what is flying no, anyway? What is it to these guys? You're just moving from one place to the other. <laughs> you know, I, I just, it should be a 2 2 one, one, one. It's not, it's tough. Pete, you got a prediction for what you think is going to happen in this no, one? No, I, w- I will say this, though, about Kimbrell. You come into that position last night with a three-run lead. All you have to do, all you're supposed to do is throw strikes. Three-run lead. Just throw strikes. Put the pressure on the batters. He came out trying to be a little too perfect. Ah. Throwing balls, throwing curveballs. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. I didn't like it one bit. Okay. You know what, though? Yes, I agree. He got the job done, right? He He got the job done. He comes in against Judge. Throw strikes. He's still still end up scoring. Put it this way. He's still scoring. Yeah, but you know what? You come in in that spot in the Bronx against Judge... You got to face Judge. You got to face Stanton. Oh, he's in a tough spot. You still come, hey, you still come out, and with, the team comes out with a win. So it's like they still had their top dogs, and and the Yankees still couldn't get it done. If you're a Yankee fan today, do you hate the Red Sox? I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, yeah, the Red Sox are playing New York, New York, yeah. and the clubhouse. But that was that was all brought on by Judge. That was brought yeah. on by Judge. Yeah. But if you're a Yankee fan, yeah, obviously you don't like the Red Sox. But if you look at like individual. Red Sox players, like, who do you actually hate? Like, do the Red Sox have hateable guys? You get what I'm saying? Like, they the were, Yankees, you know, I like Judge, Stanton, even the kid Voight. Like, to me, the kid. There's only two, two Yankees like I hate. typical Yankee that I hate. Yeah, there's only two Yankees I hate. Who? Brett Gardner. The worst. Yeah. The worst. And Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. You don't like Aaron Hicks. No, I don't like Aaron Hicks. But for the Reds, like on the Red Sox, <laughs> like is it is there a hateable guy? Maybe you hate Sale, but you don't see him every night. Yeah. Right? I would hate David Price. Yeah, I would hate David Price. But why the, would you hate David Price? <laughs> you beat the shit out of David Price. The, I, but, if I'm a Yankee fan, I would love, love David Price. But here's the thing. With here's the thing with with the Sox in this series. Yeah. You notice what they were doing every time they get a big hit or get on base? They were doing that like wiggle. The Red Sox. Almost like they were doing, like, swinging the big dick on them. You see that? They've been doing that for a while. Now. I know. That's That would piss me off. The, that would, the hip. Yeah. I, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's a little uh, swinging the old big dick on them. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they ended up swinging the big dick on exactly. them. And uh, now they will have to swing the big dick against Houston. <laughs> and we will stop using the phrase swinging the big dick. Because 
you know, I kind of like it. Kind of <laughs> like it. Game one, Saturday night. I love this Red Sox team. I just think that Houston's too good. I'm t- P. I just think Houston's too good. I think it's going to be a battle. I think they're. I think they're good too. Oh, man. I think it's going to be a battle. I, I just absolute battle. I just. I have. I still have questions. I still have questions about Price because you know they're going to give him a start. I have questions still. Like, do I am I gonna put my money on Nathan Avaldi? No. Porcello looks like he's throwing with conviction, which is always a good thing with him, but I I, I still am not sold on that. And uh, you know, I, I still have this feeling in the back of my head that Chris Sale is like one pitch away from that inflammation flaring up again. And and I these are the things I worry about with the Red Sox. I think this is where the, the cortisone shots come in play, though. You I would know? Hope. In the playoffs? I would hope. Houston. They got to win game one. Got to win game good. one. And Verlander on the other end? Well, that that's that's a dominant guy as well. Do so, you think uh, both teams just think like, okay, get past this other team, and it's a it's a walk in the, in the playoffs? In, 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 in the World, World Series? Series? Who, it's, so it's Dodgers, Brewers. Dodgers game one a... of that is going to be Friday night in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, the Brewers have this... The Brewers have this thing about them right now where they're getting the walk-off hits. They're an exciting team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, I feel like the Brewers are kind of riding that, look how good we've been and we're still not getting the respect. Like, I think that's a big thing. And I think they got some scrappy players and some players that are, that are using that, even though they're not really the underdog, they're using that. They feel that. I think they're like the Vegas Knights of last year, though. And, you know? and, they get swept in the- and they're a dangerous team because of it. But, to me, the Dodgers are too good. Yeah, Dodgers are good. We could see Houston-LA again in the World Series. Now, I hope it's Red Sox-LA because I think we should probably try to go out. Oh, I'm absolutely going. Um, 1,000% Podcast going. One, their studios. I am 1,000% Are going. out there. We can record out there. We're going to have to make the trip. We'll have to go. We'll have to talk to Podcast One, say, get us out there. Let's go. What can we do? Um, so that's what I'm hoping for, personally. It's just, if you're asking me to to now use my, my brain with everything, there's just something that scares me with Houston more than any other team in the major leagues. And I've said this from the get-go, even going back to my preseason predictions. I think Houston is, they're a team that's that's, building a little dynasty here. I, I honestly feel that with them. And I know Red Sox fans are going to hate me for saying this, or maybe you'll love me. Maybe you think I'm the jinx. And I hope I am. But I'm I'm, I'm predicting that Houston wins this series. It's going to suck if I'm right. But you're asking me to make picks? <laughs> God damn it. I hope you're wrong with this one. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong too. I hope I'm wrong too. Uh, believe me, I'll be rooting against my own pick like I was rooting against my own McGregor bet on Saturday night. So, Red Sox Astros, they will begin this Saturday night at Fenway. And I will break down games one and two on Monday. But this won't be the last podcast of the week. Tomorrow on Thursday, I'll be giving you my picks for week six in the NFL. I was not here Monday or Tuesday of this week, so I was unable to give you a breakdown of what I did in week five with my picks. And Pete, I went three and two with picks picks. In week five, a three and two record for the second straight week. I'm part of the podcast one Sportsnet challenge, which is a point based system. You know, if you lose a game, you get minus points. If if you win a game, you get plus points, and you get a lock of the week. You only make five picks, but you're picking just winners. It's not with the spread. I think it's to me, it's been more difficult to pick just winners because there are times when I'm picking with the spread over the years that I see a, a dog. And I'll just take the points. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they don't have to win the game. But I'll take the points. Mm-hmm. And I can still win my bet. This is a little like, eh, I got to pick the winner of the game. It's not as easy as it might sound. And my record on the season is 14-11. and 11. I'm above 500. But in a point-based system, in the Podcast 1 Sportsnet Challenge, that doesn't, you know, the record doesn't do anything for me. Above 500 doesn't do anything for me. Because right now I only have six points. The first place, the, lead, the the leader of this tournament, Jeff Cesario, 
is in first place with 17 points. Oh! He has a podcast oh. on Podcast One. You need a big week, bro. Uh, so, I need look, I need a perfect week. Yes. I need a 5 and all week. And you can go check out the standings yourself at PodcastOneSportsNet.com. That's PodcastOneSportsNet.com. Or you can join in on the Trash Talk on Twitter by using hashtag SportsNetChallenge. I can't really talk trash right now because I'm... I'm, I'm with the trash at the bottom of the trash barrel. And I need to build my way back up. So I'll give you my picks on Thursday. I feel like this is a better week than week five. I mean, it's a league that's just unpredictable, right? Yep. It's, just, it's just an unpredictable league. Last week I talked about the ties. I think what I was more referring to was that the, the overtime games. Five straight weeks with an overtime game. Oh, you, yeah, Crazy. overtime. Yeah. Crazy. Um. Cleveland, again, in an yeah. overtime game. Yeah. And Cleveland beat Baltimore. Cleveland's going to be good. I've been saying that with Baker Mayfield and that defense. I think Cleveland's going to be good. But, uh, you know, just to look back at week five real quick, I mean, I had Tennessee. Mm. They lost to Buffalo. I, how does t- Tennessee, they look so good. I know we beat talked you, about them last beat week. You tell me, I know. Beat you tell me you should stop betting against them. So I start betting <laughs> them to win. And they go to Buffalo uh, and lose to the Bills. How does that happen? Cincinnati was my lock of the week, and I sweated out with them. They were down like 17 nothing early, I think, and they come back and win 27-17. They're at home. Um, I had Green Bay. They got whooped in Detroit. In hindsight, that's the pick I would take back because of all their injuries. I knew about their injuries going in, but I still took Green Bay. I thought Aaron Rodgers, I thought Detroit, you know, their Super Bowl was against the Patriots, and they were just going to go downhill. I thought Green Bay could go in and win that game. They couldn't. Green Bay's banged up, so I would take that pick back if I could. Uh, what was the biggest story in Week Five, really? I mean, what, what did what did we really have? Arizona was the they were the only winless team, but they won their first game against San Francisco. Uh, Minnesota they had a big win over Philly. They needed that. Um, Atlanta got whooped by Pittsburgh. Atlanta might be the biggest surprise right now. They're one and four, and they are in last place in their division. And they got they didn't just lose in Pittsburgh. They got whooped by the Steelers, 41-17. That, maybe that's the biggest story, what's going on with the Falcons. But, um, you know, the Patriots, I reacted to that late last week on Friday. They win over the Indianapolis Colts. They have Edelman back. They're now playing Sunday Night Football against Kansas City. And maybe, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the story because Kansas City's one of two undefeated teams, the Chiefs and the L.A. Rams are both 5-0. and all. And Mahomes now comes to Gillette. I'll go over that game to, on the next podcast on Thursday with my picks because I am going to be picking that game. All right? That game's part of my picks. Just to, just to, give, you, just to give you a little, little tease. Um, but when you look back at Week 5, my DraftKings got to have him play. Is It continues to be the DraftKings got to stay away, play for you. Whoever I do take, you might want to stay away from that guy. Because he just does no good. Derek Carr was my DraftKings. Got to have him play. And, of course, he has one of his worst weeks. 14.2 daily fantasy points on DraftKings. And the Raiders scored just 10 points in a loss to the Chargers. As Derek Carr was my... <laughs> Got to have him play. Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Um, It's crazy. So, my picks were not great. Went 3-2 and two with picks picks. And my DraftKings got to have him play. Didn't get you much. Derek Carr only 14.2 points. Which brings us to a segment we do every Monday, though this is the schedule is different this week. We're giving it to you on a Wednesday. But it's the same segment. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, and it's presented by CrossFit 617. Schedule a free intro class today at CrossFit617.com. And when you do that, tell them I sent you to get 20% off your first month. CrossFit617.com. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, Pete. Producer Pete tells me who I should have bet on this past weekend, whether, you know, a bet in the NFL, you know, anything. What should I have bet on? Tell me who I should have bet on over the weekend. Well, this week we're going DraftKings, and you just mentioned it. Your gutta play of the week has now turned into gutta stay away. Yeah. So, leading with that, Derek Carr should have stayed away from him. Instead, you should have went with Odell Beckham Jr. because he had just as many... Touchdown passes as Derek Carr. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and, he did. And he paired that with another recept- receiving touchdown, so he actually ended up having a big day. Uh, I guess calling out your quarterback or calling out your offense 
That'll that'll lead to handing you the ball, and that will lead to the know. coach saying, "You know what? You want to criticize it's, the quarterback? Why don't you throw a touchdown pass?" You know, Odell Beckham Jr. was like, "Sure, here we go. I'll do it," and he did. That situation is funny because I do have Odell Beckham Jr.'s back, but the funny part about that is, Pete, he wouldn't have done that if I picked him because I took Odell Beckham Jr. as my DraftKings got to have him play the week before, <laughs> and he sucked. But that's not on Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. was asked about his quarterback situation. They asked him before this past game against Carolina. They said, is the quarterback the problem? He said, I don't know. Basically, is a, He basically said, yeah, it is. He didn't say no. <laughs> he basically said, yeah, it's the problem. People criticize Odell Beckham all you want. You could criticize him. I won't. He's right. Yeah, he's not wrong. Eli Manning's the problem. Eli Manning sucks. I watched the Giants... And I'm not saying this because he, you know, he just stole two Super Bowl rings from the Patriots with a horseshoe up his ass. I, I'm telling you this because I, you see the Giants, and I watch Eli, and I'll have Odell Beckham in my DraftKings, or, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll bet the Giants if I'm like, oh, this is a game they should win. And without fail, almost every time I watch him, Eli Manning just makes either horrible throwing decisions or has no accuracy, and just borderline, just sucks. Odell Beckham Jr. is right. His quarterback is the problem in that, on that Giants team. And what's funny about it is, he basically criticizes the quarterback, and even, to an extent, maybe the play calling, and the coach goes, oh yeah? We're going to draw up a play and have you throw a touchdown. It's unbelievable. And guess what he does? He, he throws a touchdown. It's beautiful. He drops a dime what on What a him. beautiful thing. And he just made Eli Manning look like a fool. Odell Beckham Jr. made the entire Giants organization look foolish. In a way that I think Odell Beckham Jr. should be applauded. Is, it, is he acting like a team player? Well, not necessarily. And again, in a vacuum, I would say this is a bad thing to do. However... When the guy's right about it, and the organization wants to continue to just, you know, powder the Manning family's ass and continue to give Eli Manning this this job as a quarterback in the NFL. Like, I watched ESPN criticize, they did a segment in the pregame criticizing Odell Beckham Jr. for these comments, and they didn't once, for like 25 minutes, acknowledge that maybe he was right. <laughs> Like, maybe Eli just doesn't have it. Like, they didn't even acknowledge that. It's like, why? Because he's a Manning. And the Manning family is like NFL royalty. And these guys love the Manning family. And the Manning family loves him right back. And Peyton Manning might work for ESPN someday. So, they're probably told, do not go all in on the Manning criticism. I'm guaranteeing you that's what they're told. Because they won't do it. What's the, I mean... It's it's embarrassing. Odell Beckham Jr. is right. The quarterback situation for the Giants is the problem. Don't tell me it's not. Don't tell me it's not. It is. Because Odell Beckham Jr. is throwing touchdown passes for the Giants. You, if you're a Giants fan, you're not somewhat embarrassed by that? If you defend Eli Manning, that's embarrassing. If you defend Eli Manning, right, You're gonna if that's the hill you're going to die on, and Odell Beckham Jr. throws a touchdown pass in that game last week. That's embarrassing for you. You should be embarrassed. Right? He, Odell Beckham Jr. embarrassed Eli Manning. He embarrassed their coach. He embarrassed anybody who criticized him. He said, okay, give me the ball. I'll throw a touchdown pass. And he did. And he embarrassed a lot of people. Now, you could say, well, he embar- he's embarrassing the organization. It's a bad look. Well, how bad of a look is it if the guy's right? Tell me that. It's one thing if, like, the team's winning and he's not getting his touches and he calls out the team. That's a bad look. If the team continues to lose and the quarterback can't get the job done and you're somebody in that, I guarantee, here's what I'll guarantee, Pete. He is speaking for a lot of people in that room. He's speaking for a lot of people in that Giants organization. That's my, that's, that's basically what I think this thing comes down to. And, uh... He took the ball in his hands and he threw a touchdown pass. And you're right. I should have had him. So should have, could have, would have. It's Odell Beckham Jr. You're only a week off. Yeah, just a week behind. Yeah. 
Shoulda, coulda, woulda, presented by CrossFit 617. Schedule a free intro class today at CrossFit617.com. And again, tell them I sent you to get 20% off your first month. CrossFit617.com. So, uh, that's what we got. I guess the only other NFL news that you should know is that it's a schedule update. The Chiefs and the Bengals have been flexed in week seven. Not this week, next week. The Sunday Night Football, meaning that the Chiefs We'll play in the Sunday night football game of the week, two weeks in a row. They'll be in New England against the Patriots this Sunday night. And then they'll be playing the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe it's in Kansas City, in week seven on Sunday night football the next week. How, have you ever seen that, the same team being on Sunday night football two weeks in a row? Have the Patriots ever had that? I don't know. Show, I don't know. That's, that's the, the show. Sunday night game, not nationally televised. Because the Patriots will have the Thursday night national TV game and now... You know, they'll have... So they, they have two national TV games in a row, but not the the same game. People want to see Mahomes. They, they want, want that to see Patrick time. Mahomes. Showtime. That's, that's the story of the NFL. Will Bill Belichick... Will, will Bill Belichick be the Khabib to Patrick Mahomes McGregor on Sunday Night Football? I will tell you when I give Picks Picks tomorrow on Thursday's podcast. So uh, that's what we got... Uh, apologize for giving you the first podcast of the week, a couple days into the week, but um, we're here. We're going to have two podcasts for you this week, and you can get this show whenever you want at Podcast One, also on iTunes and Spotify, on my website, dannypicard.com. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard. What did I miss? I, did I miss anything, Pete? I think we're good, right? I think we wrapped it all up. Everything that uh, we might have missed. Over the last five or six days, we good? There was a lot over the weekend. We good. There was a lot. There was a lot. And now we're about to begin the ALCS, and I can't wait. And again, uh, you know, we'll stay away from that tomorrow. Tomorrow will be more of a football show. But then on Monday of next week, I will react to the first two games of Red Sox-Astros in the ALCS. So I am out. Picks, picks. Comment on Thursday. Talk to you then. <laughs>